Jonathan Armstrong welcoming you to this week's Tech Law 10. With me is Eric Sinrod in San Francisco, which I guess is sunny and bright just as the UK is today, our one day probably of British summer. Uh, Eric, you've been thinking about personally identifiable information, PII as it's called in the US, roughly the same for those of you listening in the Europe uh, to uh, personal data although they're not exactly the same in that PII tends to be closely de described by U.S. legislation and personal data tends to be somewhat broader and somewhat more generic in nature. But you've been thinking about how to protect that type of information, Eric. Give us your thoughts. How is it you always know what I'm thinking? It's a little bit frightening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little bit foggy. It's not sunny here in San Francisco, as you say, but the fog should burn off. And I'm also going to tell you about longevity. Jonathan, this is podcast number 175. So we're marching toward, wow. uh, yeah, we're marching toward uh, 200, and we're going strong. So I just want to thank you in advance of this particular podcast uh, for uh, doing such a great job together uh, on this uh, Tech Law 10 uh, program we've been having. So, yes, let's talk about PII. Sorry? I was just going to say, no, thank, thank you very much. I'm very grateful. And, 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 of course, we'll be celebrating the 200th with our special guest, President Trump. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. I don't know how to respond to that one other than to say, hmm. <laughs> okay. This, this could get political pretty fast if you're not careful, buddy. All right. Getting back to the very tame topic of PII, uh, let's begin like this. Um, Jonathan, you know, we're always hearing about hacks and the stealing of personally identifiable information. And of course, there, you know, almost everyone it seems these days is online. There's so many aspects to conducting our lives on the internet from shopping to connecting with our loved ones to entertainment. Uh, but, you know, how do we keep our information safe? And I've gone to a number of conferences, and I know you do too, and we talk about you know, very uh, complicated uh, legal topics. Uh, but people sometimes say, can you just give us some tips? You know, I'm just a normal person going on the Internet. How do I stay safe in terms of my private information? So I'm going to throw out a few tips, Jonathan, while I'm doing that. Perhaps you might think of some of your own or have some comments on mine. Does that sound fair? Yeah, sounds a good deal. Sounds fair. Okay, first, we now make purchases online. Therefore, it's vitally important to protect our credit card information. So one way of doing this is to check and see that the website you're logging onto is secure. And by the way, uh, it should be you reaching out to a particular website, for example, you going to Amazon, rather than responding to emails asking you to purchase something because it might be a phishing expedition where, in fact, you're not dealing with uh, the particular merchant or institution you think you are. So in terms of logging onto a website, uh, it's a good idea to look at the URL and make sure it begins with HTTPS and not just HTTP because the former is much more secure than the latter. Also, when you're online and conducting transactions, it's a very good idea to log out of your customer accounts when you're done, especially, for example, financial transactions if you're on your bank's website and you're done with the transaction, log off. Don't leave it open. So that's the first area for me. Second, 
I think it's prudent to turn off your Bluetooth and Wi-Fi functions on your computer and mobile devices when you're not using them. Using them. Uh, by doing this, other people nearby will have a much more difficult time gaining access. Uh, and along these lines, too, it's a good idea to have your sharing settings configured only with your trusted devices that you own. So that's the second category. Third, um, unfortunately, Jonathan, it is becoming a fact of life that computers and mobile devices are lost and stolen. People frequently set down their uh, you know, mobile handheld devices you know, on tables at restaurants or on counters uh, uh, when they're you know, other places and they forget them and then they're stolen. So what do you do about that? Well, I think it makes sense to back up your important files and information on the cloud. Uh, cloud computing really has become much more secure over time, and I'll be interested in your thoughts on that, Jonathan. And indeed, even very sensitive sectors such as the healthcare industry now are using the cloud for data storage. So if the healthcare industry is doing it with respect to you know, medical information, we'd like to think that the cloud has become uh, more robust in terms of privacy protection. Okay, going into the next, I guess the fourth area, and this one is I think of particular importance to the younger generation, but frankly to all of us, be as safe as possible when using social media. Uh, when people are using social media, they post all kinds of fairly personal details on their lives to their quote unquote friends, but that information can get out into the wild. That's one thing that Jonathan likes to use. That's one of Jonathan's expressions, out in the wild, and can, be, can, can become fair game for others. So um, as an example, you might start posting uh, photos showing that your entire family is on vacation. And that could lead somebody to think about perhaps visiting your house and taking your personal belongings out of your house without permission. That would be a robbery um, or burglary. So, so these, and then, and then as another example, you know, what you post on social media can come back to bite you in the employment context. Uh, you might be applying for a job, and then, you know, public information shows that you're not behaving very well in your life, and uh, as deemed by that prospective employer, and you don't get the job. I mean, there's so many examples. And I'm almost done. Just uh, two more things, Jonathan, and then I'll turn it over to you. Um, some people believe it's simply hitting the delete button uh, gets rid of information for all time. But that is not the case. Uh, you know, forensics can uh, dig up information that's been deleted. Um, so uh, certain steps can be taken to help you along those lines. You can, for example, make sure that your drives are fully and completely wiped before a machine is thrown away or sold. Um, and you can also have a machine, when I say machine, I mean a computer or a laptop or handheld. Uh, the machine can also be given a factory reset. And then last but not least, and then I'll turn it over to my much learned, more learned colleague, Jonathan, password protection is extremely important. And I think we've talked about this before, but unbelievably, the most common password on the Internet is the word password. And obviously, that is not a safe password, nor are many others frequently used. In fact, I just read today that the recent Twitter hack, Twitter hack, which I think compromised apparently millions of users' accounts, well, over 125,000 of those accounts were using the password 123456. I mean, really, 
Uh, how, how secure is the password 123456? That could be easily guessed. So the best passwords should be impossible to figure out even by family members and friends. And one tactic to use is to use a random password generator. And random passwords uh, created should be saved on safe and encrypted files. So if you have a random password, well, you need to make sure it's not out in the wild uh, for others to see and, and know about. So those are some practical tips from Eric Sinrod, but now you get Jonathan Armstrong. I, I think that was very exhaustive. I had um, the pleasure yesterday of going along to the InfoSec exhibition in the UK where Dan Ray Wood, our friend Dan Ray Wood and his merry men had got together about 12,000 people in one hall, a pretty big hall, I can tell you, to learn about information security and see what uh, vendors had to offer and so on. And uh, I gave a talk there on uh, GDPR and how all of these things will become much more, I think, front and center, e even more front and center than they are in the GDPR regime, particularly for corporations, when they can be fined 4% of global annual turnover Note turnover and not profit, as I know some law firms are saying, 4% of global annual turnover for a security breach. So, and the issue is, I think, Eric, as you've rightly highlighted, internet security is the responsibility of all of us. And as companies, organizations, law firms, whatever, we get more secure by encouraging our employees to be more secure in their home life and in their work life as well. Because a lot of the points you've made about things like social media obviously compromise the security of the employer as well as the employee if they say they're on vacation or whatever. Um, I think there's, um, I mean, I think your list is very exhaustive. I mean, uh, the only couple that I'd add is that we're seeing quite a lot of chatter about compromised wireless networks at the moment. And I think that's twofold. I, uh, after InfoSec, went and met a long-standing uh, client of ours in a, in a pub, and he wanted uh, Wi-Fi access just to, uh, to demonstrate something that he was involved with. And we picked up the Wi-Fi of a law firm next door, and it was labeled with the name of the law firm, you know, private network. I thought we'd got beyond that, where we, mm -hmm. you know, labeled networks up like that, ready for somebody to sit in a random pub and, uh, and hack into. And they might say that they had all sorts of uh, gateway encryption, but why, why put themselves, why put all their clients' data in the shop window like that? I thought that was, uh, that was really rather poor. And at the same time, we know from a hack site, the Dark Hotel attack details are on our website, that, that executives of corporations are being targeted. And it's very easy to set up a fake Wi-Fi network that looks like the, you know, the Buena Vista Hotel Colorado. If you're staying mm -hmm. in the Buena Vista Hotel Colorado, uh, you know, it might be a foreign government or it might be your business rival that's actually intercepting that communication. And I guess, mm -hmm. uh, for the sake of brevity, the, the only other thing I would say is if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. And if it looks like there's something suspicious, 
there probably is. And I think the difficulty that we see with many attacks is that somebody somewhere had a worry that something was up, but they didn't voice that worry, and they thought it was their job to work out what it was rather than to report it to somebody with more experience. And often the answer to good cyber prevention is to shout up about it very quickly. And just to give you two last examples, obviously, Cordry, we're a small law firm. We wouldn't think that we're the target of any sophisticated gang, although obviously we're realistic and we know that some of our clients' data is. In the last few months, we've experienced two quite sophisticated attempts to, uh, to fish us, the so-called CEO fraud, where it's a spoofed email that looks like it's coming from somebody senior in the organization to somebody more junior telling them, you know, to hurry up and make this payment or in the latest one, it was just, did you get my email about the project that we talked about? And obviously the idea is that it, it's a spoofed email. It sucks you into responding to that email address. And then undoubtedly the whammy comes either the request for payment to be transferred to Dubai or wherever that might be or the link to click through for the phishing attack to tell you know, the individual more about the project. And then the, the payload is some sort of Trojan or virus or keylogger or whatever that might be to take over the network. But, but honestly, if, if a small, admittedly, hopefully, relatively well-known, but a small law firm in the UK is a target for very sophisticated attacks, be in no doubt that almost every corporation listening to this is as well. You're never too small to be attacked. You're never too small to be on the radar. So if it looks suspicious, get help immediately. You know, it's a little bit like if you see, I don't know, a fire in a gas station. You don't try and work out where the fire's coming from. You hit the red button and get people there who can do something about it. I'd like to think that one of the messages we give to people, Eric, is that they adopt the same type of alarm-raising trigger uh, with uh, cyber attacks as well. Well said, learned colleague. Well, this has been your podcast 175. This is Eric Sinrod with Dwayne Morris based in San Francisco. Uh, my email address is ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, the usual social media outlets. We try to be very safe and secure there. Um, I turn it back to Jonathan, and I look forward to doing another 175 with you. Yeah, me too. And uh, just briefly to go back to the Trump thing, I can, I think, allow <laughs> Eric to reveal that you will be his first Secretary of State, and you've promised to regain the Internet for America um, as, uh, <laughs> as one of your first acts. So that's a that's an excellent manifesto and an ex excellent taste of what you'll be doing to make the internet safe for all. Uh, and now that you and now that you now that you've baited me twice, I've really been resisting, but I'll do my best during a Clinton administration. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. And, um, yeah, and I, and I suppose it's it's time to close out the podcast before Eric mentions Bre uh, Brexit by revenge. So, speaking very quickly, <laughs> this is Jonathan Armstrong of Cordry. I'm uh, jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. Uh, please do email me unless your aim is to uh, have another phishing attack. If so, we'd rather not hear from you. 
Thank you very much, because we've had enough of them for the last few weeks. Um, but if you have a serious point to raise, please do. And uh, you can reach us via Twitter and LinkedIn and Eric's on Facebook. And we look forward to speaking to you again in a week or so. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Take care. Bye. 